Hey everyone, this is Edie Talbert, your breast friend, and this is my podcast. Be sure to subscribe so we can get the new episodes to you each week. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, which is my favorite, and let's become breast friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, Your Breast Friend. I'm so excited today to have Anne. We met, what, gosh, three years ago, maybe? I was going to say, time flies. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. She is with Oklahoma Project Women, and uh, I'm excited to share her story and how she got involved with this great organization with our listeners today. So, Anne, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, and and thank you so much for having me. I am a, a now two-time breast cancer survivor, was diagnosed um, the first time at 29, and then just recently um, in the last um, couple of years. Um, but I was in corporate America and um, actually lost my mom to the disease as well. She was very young, only 62 when she passed away. And I just decided, um, like so many people do when they have major life events, that I needed to do something else. I wanted to do something that I felt like really mattered. And I had volunteered for this organization um, at the time was Tulsa Project Woman. And we started in Tulsa with just uh, partnering with five hospitals. And I had begun um, to really understand their mission of providing um, free breast health care for those ladies who had no other way to receive this care. And so I initially started just as a volunteer doing some of their fundraising events and felt like the money was going to a great cause. And I mean, it was something that I really wanted to be able to give more to, get more involved in, and ultimately um, was offered a job as a, a management or a develop, development manager position and um, to, again, raise more money in Tulsa. And um, that started now 20 plus years ago. And, and here we are. Here we are. So Oklahoma Project Women... Um, provides breast health education. Oh, wait, let me back up a little bit first. Just a little bit of history about the Oklahoma Project Women. How did it, when and how did it get started? Absolutely. So we, the organization was actually started by two um, ladies that lived in Tulsa, um, Sue Ford and Barbara Schwartz. And those ladies were actually volunteers for a program called Reach to Recovery and volunteered in the wig room at the American Cancer Society. Mm -hmm. um, Barbara Schwartz, her husband was a radiologist at a local hospital here and retired now, but he was a radiologist and they felt like they kept seeing so many women that had been diagnosed with breast cancer in a later stage because they didn't have any access to care. They didn't have health insurance. They couldn't be cash pay. Um, a lot of times qualified or kind of fell in that category of the working poor. So Barb and Sue decided, what if we went to each of the hospitals in Tulsa and they just agreed to take care of five ladies that didn't, uh, didn't have access to any other care. And I am, um, so in 1995, they started raising money um, and then in 1998, they started actually seeing patients in Tulsa. And initially, that was just for the mammogram. Um, now, our program has grown to where 
not only do we pay for the mammogram, but we pay for the ultrasound all the way through a mastectomy. Um, and then as our funding grew, not only did we keep adding procedures, but then we added counties. So now, um, and I know I know this is a future question, but now we actually serve people in in 77 counties um, wow. working. And, you know, again, that a lot has we've grown and changed. And, and the reason we changed our name to Oklahoma Project Woman in 2011, and that was ultimately because we had begun serving the entire state um, of, of Oklahoma. And so it felt like it was much more reflective um, than just Tulsa Project Woman. Yes, yes. So with that history, um, I know that you guys provide some breast health education. Can you tell us some things about Oklahoma Project Women, where they provide, what they provide concerning education? How does that work? Absolutely. And I, I, to be very honest with you, at this point in time, we um, rely so heavily on our clinical partners. Um, and when I say clinical partners, I mean actual clinics all around the state. So, for example, here in Tulsa, we partner with Morton, we partner um, with the health department, we uh, partner with Community Health Connection, and um, we will have different literature and things like that. But a lot of times it's those providers as their patients come in perhaps for um, because they have another illness that they are the ones letting the patients know about our program about why it's so important to have a, a mammogram or an ultrasound, you know, beginning at 40, or if you have a family history, even earlier. And we also do, though, try to partner with as many other community agencies that perhaps are serving the same same groups of people that we are, um, and we'll go out and do an event at a church or um you know, a community center, whatever, whatever is appropriate and try to meet those patients where they are and not only educate them about breast health care and the importance of early detection, but also um, just about our program and the services that that we provide. And that's how we met. We were in, the, in a similar, um, I think it was, I think it was uh, 100 women, the yeah. 100 women. Yeah. Um, and that's how I met and met you and found out about your organization. And that's how you found out about the Stoneberg Project, because we do serve similar uh, communities. And so when I have a woman that comes forward that asks me about getting a mammogram, but can't, you know, doesn't have the resources to do that, that's when I refer them to Oklahoma Project Women. So it's it's within the same, there's there's different nonprofits that are they're coming together to serve the same communities and not duplicate services, but um, join hands and be more productive in serving women who need breast health. So that's, yes, that's good stuff. Absolutely. Well, and I think um, you would probably agree. We all joke and say that um, this is a group of women because we, we obviously know that men are involved as well, but this is a right. big group of women for the most part. Um, we are a, a big community. We we don't ever want you to have to join uh, being a breast cancer right. survivor. But if you do need to join, I think we welcome people with um, open arms and to to really prop them up. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. What other type of resources does Oklahoma Project Women provide, and where can someone find more information about them? 
I would say that our, the best place to find um, all sorts of information about our organization is on our website, which is just www.oklahomaprojectwoman, all one word, um, dot org. Um, not only do we have all of the other or all of the clinics and the hospitals that we work with, but then we have a page of other potential resources um, available across the state of Oklahoma, not not just in Tulsa and all of the areas that we serve. But, you know, how our project or our organization actually works is we ask that all of our patients, um, and we help about 4,000 people a year, but that they all start at a clinic. Um, we have a big map on our website um, of the state and then a list of clinics in every, no, well, I wish every county, but as many counties as we have the clinics. Some, some counties um, more in rural Oklahoma don't, don't have medical clinics. Um, but we ask that a patient can start there. They can either start by calling our office and ask um, which clinic they should go to, or they can just visit the website. But then um, the, the first step in the program is for the patient to have a clinical breast exam. So either by a doctor or a doctor's representative and just determine if there's any lumps or bumps that anyone is concerned about. They'll get a little bit of family history and then they'll ultimately decide what type of mammogram that patient should start with. A screening um, or a diagnostic, which is just a fancy way to say a few more pictures uh, with, right. with a diagnostic. Um, or sometimes even an ultrasound, and that um, they are actually given a voucher um, at that appointment, and that voucher guarantees that all of their breast health care will be paid for going forward. So, for example, let's say that I um, go to Morton and I get my Oklahoma Project Woman voucher. I can take that to any hospital that I'm interested um, in going to that we that we have a contract with. In Tulsa, it's it's all hospitals, and we and the only recommendation that we make is one that if they've visited a breast center before, that it's always nice to go back from a comparison standpoint just to compare pictures. Um, so let's say, for example, that they go to Hillcrest and and they get their workup done. Um, for most of our patients, that's all they need. They have a screening mammogram. They're get given an all clear, and we don't need to see you for a year. Um, that is paid for. Some are going to need um, additional pictures. They're going to need perhaps a biopsy. But that voucher, again, um, guarantees the patient that we will pay for everything through a mastectomy if that's necessary. And just so um, everyone knows how our program works is that we have gone out um, ahead of time and given or signed a contract with all of these medical providers so that they are guaranteed a reimbursement rate for every procedure done. And that is um, the surgeon, the anesthesiologist, the pathologist. It's certainly not much money, but it's something and so, um, and we call that our reimbursement rate, and they agree to accept that as payment in full and that they will bill the patient nothing. And we have those the same reimbursement rates across the state. Um, you know, every surgeon earns the same thing, every pathologist, so on and so forth. So we are so, so grateful to all of the medical partners out there that are um, willing to do this for such a small yeah. reimbursement rate. 
That's that's amazing. And I love it that you have many contracts with many clinics um, so that there is a widespread of help out there for the women that um, may encounter breast cancer. So talk to me a little bit about what the application process is. Where do, if someone um, needs help with getting this, this ball started, I know there is some requirements or some guidelines, so to speak. What, how do, where's the application and how do we go fill it out to find out if we are eligible for an, for a voucher? Um, honestly, it is, um, it is very simple and it is really two questions, maybe three questions. It's, do you have health insurance or do you have Medicare or Medicaid? Basically another way to pay for this care. Um, mm-hmm. Assuming that that answer is no, um, then we ask you a few qualifications to make sure that you meet the income guidelines. It's 185% of poverty level, um, which is based on your um, kind of gross family income and then how many people are in your house. We have all of that information on our website. And okay. we, we go a lot by the honor system. Um, we don't spend a lot of time verifying and checking and confirming and we want to we don't want to create any additional barriers to access uh, to be very honest and um you know the the only thing the only time that that really comes into play though and is is um becomes the need to be very um honest and and kind of thorough if you will is for our patients that are diagnosed with breast cancers. And that is usually about 10% of those 4,000 ladies that we see. Then we move them into a a government program, basically a type of Medicaid. And it is called the Breast and Cervical Cancer Program. And that is a state and federally funded program. And that is the program that then pays for all of the patient's chemo and radiation if necessary. So a huge service, not one that we as, you know, a small nonprofit can afford to provide. And you and I know how expensive chemo and radiation and all of that is. So that is the only, um, that's the only little sticking point sometimes where we'll have a patient who, um, might not be completely honest about um, their income or whatever. Well, then um, when you try to navigate them into the breast and cervical cancer program, you can, um, they're a little bit more sticklers. So we, we want to make sure that we route people accordingly. Accordingly. Yeah. But then honestly, once those questions are answered, it's just simply filling out that OPW voucher, which is very, very easy to do. It's your basic name, address, and then there, and just like in a doctor's office, there's a little drawing of two breasts on there, and the doctor, Mm -hmm. their representative, are going to mark if they see anything, so the mammographer knows um, if they're looking for anything specific, and and that's it. So awesome. That is so awesome. So talk to me, you've talked to me a little bit about that you serve about 4,000 uh, women a, a year. Um, it's in 77 counties. About 10% of those women actually need further testing. Um, so talk to me a little bit about maybe, maybe think of a story that really resonates with you. Um, maybe one, you know, I'm not sharing any names because of HIPAA, of course, but talk to me about one story that particularly resonates with you as to why Oklahoma Project Women does what they do. 
Um, I will tell you a story that to me right now is um, probably the most relevant. And that was, um, as you know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer a second time um, just a, a year or so ago and was coming back to the office and feeling a bit um, defeated, if you will. I think I was shocked that I was being di you know, diagnosed with a, a second breast cancer 25 years later. And um, and I, as I walked in the door, the phone was ringing and all of the, our other um, ladies were on the phone. So I thought, oh, I'll answer real quick. And, and I don't get to talk to patients on a real regular basis, but I answered the phone and it was a young lady and she was not quite 40. And she, I remember she had three young children. She was a single mother. And she said, oh my gosh, I'm so relieved. I just heard of your program. And my friend told me that I should call you right away. And I said, well, I'm, I'm so glad. Tell me what's going on. And she said, well, before COVID, um, so I'm going to assume at that time, it was probably two years or so. She said, I found a lump. And she said, I don't have any health insurance. I make sure that my children are covered, but I can't afford coverage. And there's no way I could pay for a mammogram. So she said, I just decided to wait. And I said, okay. And I said, well, you know, I asked her a few questions. And I said, well, you absolutely qualify. Tell me where you live. She lived in Midwest City. And um, I said, well, gosh, there's a clinic right by you. Let me, you know, we can call and get you set up for an appointment there and, you know, explain the whole process to her. And she said, I'm just so scared because I found the lump several years ago and I realized this morning, she said, I don't do regular self-breast exams. She said, honestly, because I just don't want to know, um, which we find that that's very, very common um, that it's just easier to kind of put your head in the sand um, as women and focus on everybody else around you and not worry about yourself. And she said, but I did an exam this morning and I feel like the lump um, is the size of my breast, um, which I think it, it probably was. Um, I think it was very, very large. It was a very aggressive um, breast cancer. It had grown significantly. And I just remember thinking or listening to her say, gosh, I just wish I had heard about you sooner. I had no idea there was a program out there that existed um, that would pay for all of the steps. You know, I just thought, well, gosh, maybe I can go have a mammogram. But then really, what good does that do me? I mm -hmm. mean, but then I find out I have breasts or, you know, I find out I have a lump. And when she learned that we were able to pay for everything, and she was so relieved and so thankful at the same time it was it was way too late and yeah. and that that haunts me and and on those days where I don't feel like you know saddling up the horse and um going out there again I think of that sweet lady and how many others in Oklahoma probably don't know uh, that our program exists and how important it is to get the word out there that that truly, and I'm living proof of it twice, that early detection really does save lives. Well, and, and I think the most important part that you said is not only making people, women aware of what Oklahoma Project Women does, but it's, it's not just the mammogram, it's following them through the care of whatever that entails. And so knowing that that's available and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast today is because I want women to hear this these stories and know that there are resources available if you don't have insurance and how many single moms do we know 
that, and especially in my industry, in the day spa industry, where a lot of them um, don't have insurance. So knowing that that's available so that they can get those vouchers and get the mammogram, you know, there's 90% of them don't end up with breast cancer. But for those 10 that do, there is a follow through through Oklahoma Project Women. So this is very, very important. Um, if someone hears this story and they want to um, sponsor a mammogram or give to Oklahoma Project Women, how do they do that? How do they do that? Uh, well, anyone is welcome to um, donate through our rep website, any amount. What we always say as a good gauge, if you will, is that our per patient cost, so truly just the, the reimbursements to those hospitals and all that, our average per patient cost is $230. Um, and again, that is some women are just going to have a mammogram. Um, and then some women are going to maybe have a mammogram and ultrasound and a biopsy. And then some women are going to go all the way through to a mastectomy. But that is, um, at the end of the year, we literally just take our, all of our medical costs and divide by the number of women that we helped. And that 230 has stayed just very consistent. Um, you know, that doesn't include, you know, salaries, all, you know, overhead, things like that. Um, it is right. truly just the medical cost. And so, yeah, $230 and what we, and we have what we call a give a gram program, which is exactly what you're talking about. Um, and, you know, my, my only issue with that name, although it's cute and catchy is that we can give to your point, give so much more than a mammogram. Yeah, And, you know, I was going to say um, earlier, I sat on a panel with the American Cancer Society and a bunch of other um, mammography groups and that across the United States. And it was a five-year program. And ultimately, one of the things that came back is the number one and two reason that women don't get mammograms. And this is not insured, uninsured. This is just across the, the board. The number one reason was fear, mm -hmm. and it was fear of the procedure, but more than that, it was fear of of knowing, yes. believing that it would be easier just to stick your head in the sand and not know than mm -hmm. to learn that um, you had, there was something and that you needed to go forward, and yeah. so you know, I always believe that our role, Oklahoma Project Woman's role um, in that is, yes, we do reduce the barrier to cost um, for these ladies, but we also help try to relieve that fear that we can yes. provide more than just that mammogram. Yes, I agree with that 100%. So Oklahoma Project Women does fundraising. Do you have any events coming up that if someone were listening to this and wanted to support Oklahoma Project Women, how could they, are there events to attend? I know we can go to the website and do donations, but how, what are other ways that we can support Oklahoma Project Women? We do, we have an event coming up in Oklahoma City on April 4th. It's called Tatas and Teenies. And love it. Yes. <laughs> and so that's always a very fun event and tickets and sponsorships are available on our website. Um, and then most of our other events, we have some big fundraising events down in McAllister. And then we have two um, big fundraising events in Tulsa. Those are more in the fall. So we just okay. kind of wrapped those up. 
But to your point, um, we always list those on our website. We have a, you know, upcoming events page. Okay. And so we do try to do a really good job of getting that information out there as soon as it's available. So I know that we have um, a fair, we, last year was the first time we ever did a tennis tournament. Um, and mm-hmm. We called it Tata's Teenies and Tennis, and it is in October. <laughs> Um, this year at La Fortune Park, um, we have all of the courts and it was a huge success. So and I want it. Yeah. So um, we try to, you know, meet different, you know, different groups of people where they are and what they love to do. So, but yeah, our website is absolutely probably the best place to always check on those event details. And like you said, make donations or purchase tickets. Yes. So. Just the last question, what advice do you have for women who cannot afford a mammogram but don't fit within the guidelines of Oklahoma Project Women? Or as you explained it earlier, are there, if they if they don't fit within those guidelines, what would you advise them to do? I would advise them to call their local breast center um, in particular. Um, actually, my first piece of advice would be to call our office um, right. because for we can... Yes, first and foremost, and let's see if you really don't qualify. Second, I would um, suggest that they call the breast center. And each breast center is different. Many of them will allow a self-pay. So let's say, for example, that you're, and I'm making these numbers up, but um, let's say your mammogram might be $500. Well, they might have you pay $10 a month for whatever that turns out to be. Um, but at, or during October, they will run a lot of specials, um, yeah. you know, trying to get women, um, in the door. And again, they each do it a little bit differently, but call our office first. Let's see, um, what options we know of that might be going on that month. Um, but I think my, my biggest piece of advice is let's figure out how to get it done, regardless right. of your ability to pay. Um, hopefully you will qualify for your program, but if not, it's just not worth, um, putting off. I agree. 100%, 100%. Okay. Anything else that you can think of, Anne, that you would like to add that we didn't cover? You know what? I don't think so. I am, I'm again, I'm very appreciative for the work that you do and for getting the information out there. I think it's so important and and even though we've been around, like I said, since 1995, there are still so many people who um, don't know about us, don't know that we exist. And I'm always um, so appreciative of the ability to get, get the word out. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, a lot of times people, unless you've been directly impacted by breast cancer or had a family member, and um, this is it's not relevant and you know you everyone just kind of goes and gets their mammogram and you know doesn't realize that if they couldn't afford it that there's a group out there like ours so again just so grateful to get the word out and want to make sure that we help as many um tulsans and and all oklahomans get that breast health care that we truly know can save their life exactly well thank you so much for joining me today again and with oklahoma project women serving in 77 counties, over 4,000 women each year, not only from the mammogram, but if the case may be, all the way through mastectomy. So um, if you've been affected by breast cancer, get out there and support Oklahoma Project Women. Make sure you go to their website, 
support by giving a donation of $230 for a mammogram and or attend some of their fun uh, fundraisers, Tatas and Teenies in Oklahoma City coming up in April and then check out their website for the fall events as well. And thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for serving women. Um, I'm just very, very honored to know you and have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, make sure to share it and subscribe so you can receive all the new episodes as they are available. Also, I want to thank all of you that are supporters of the Stonebrook Project. If you would like to be a project partner or make a donation, please click on the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a review, share, and subscribe to your best friend. Have a great day.